This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. So last week, I think it was last week or the week before, this video came across my timeline, and I was like, what is happening here? I see this man behind a fence, and he's waving a Confederate flag, and I see this powerful woman speaking her speak. Let's let's play the clip a little bit. Oh, so and so, I'm off. I got this way. This way. This way. Stand behind me. And sit this way. And I just told y'all that my ancestors picked cotton. I'm not making this up. I have slave records. My ancestors picked cotton. But his ancestors beat and raped my ancestors. Away and Dixie. Dixie is dead, and, and it was killed by the descendants of black people. The descendants of black people, Van Turner and Tammy Sawyer and others, we took your, your hero down. And just like you, we fought. Yeah, that man, his name is George Johnson. He was actually arrested, which is a good thing. Uh, but standing in front of him, not backing down, telling her story, telling her truth about all that matters was Tammy Sawyer, and let me welcome Shelby County, Tennessee, Commissioner, Chair of the George Floyd Legal Defense Fund of the Memphis branch of the NAACP, Tammy Sawyer, welcome. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me, Karen. Listen, um, I love people who are rolling up their sleeves, getting busy. So before we get into the story behind how you ended up in front of that monument that was coming down, Tell me how you got involved. What was your entry point to actually saying, I don't want to be on the sidelines. I want to actually make a difference in my community. I always credit the murder of Trayvon Martin as my waking point. I had spent 10 years in D.C. I worked for the Navy. I was like your average D.C. Black person during Obama. I went to work. I went to happy hour, Ritz, wash, repeat. That was CBC was my jam. That, that was my life. And when Trayvon Martin uh, got killed, it really started to make me stop and wonder what was I doing? What was my legacy? Um, realizing that the things my parents and ancestors fought for still needed people to fight for them. And I came back home to Memphis and hit the ground running. We were talking before you got here. Today is Jefferson Davis Day in Alabama. <laughs> which, <laughs> which is like, are, are you? it's 2021. Y'all seriously celebrating a traitorous, treasonous, loser like Jefferson Davis and closing down state things to commemorate his birth in America and the answer is they yes. think it's history yes they so, think that's history and they fight for it understanding that let's let's stay in that for a minute they think it's history and they fight for it who's they and what does that say to the rest of us who uh, as you mentioned my my ancestors were enslaved under that flag my ancestors were i mean if it were up to jefferson davis we would still be picking cotton or tobacco yeah. or cane what does that say that we live in a nation where there's somebody that's willing to stand behind you and sing he wished he was in the land of cotton look away i, I can't get that song out of my head either but uh <laughs> the they is you know the white supremacist south and people don't like to be called white supremacists. They don't like to be called racist. Um, but then they support 
racism every day. The legislators of the South, you know, they say, as goes the South, so goes the country, so goes the nation. And uh, the South right now is a cesspool when you think about the legislation that's coming out against Black people, against LGBTQ people, against immigrants. Um, and it's not just in our policy, it's in our structures, it's the schools that are named for these folks. Jefferson County is the most segregated county in Alabama. Um, you know, and, and now we have Jefferson Day in Tennessee. We just stopped celebrating Nathan Bedford Forrest Day last year. Statues to Nathan Bedford Forrest and Jefferson Davis stood until two years ago, 20, 2017, 2018, four years ago. Um, and people don't, don't want to have these conversations. They want us to be polite. They want us to act like we're all friends and, and that we can work across lines. But how do you in 2021 work with someone or appeal to the sensibility of someone who still uh, sings Dixie and, and believes in uh, the propriety of slavery? Tell me who Nathan Bedford Forrest is. I live in Jersey. I'm from Jersey. I, I never heard of Nathan Bedford Forrest. I had to learn about, you know, Robert E. Lee and Jefferson <clears throat> Davis, so I knew who they were. Uh, but you were standing in front of a, this this monument or this park that was about to take down a statue, which is, uh, and that was a construction worker, that guy, I believe, right? The one waving the Confederate flag. He was, a, was he a construction worker? Or he he just... wasn't even a construction worker. He's a, he runs a neo-Confederate organization and ah. was hanging out. Okay. Yeah. All right. But Nathan Bedford Forrest, uh, popularly, we know him as the namesake of Forrest Gump. Uh, but in real history, uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest is the found is the first Grand Wizard of the KKK and the Ku Klux Klan. And before that, he was a celebrated um, and still celebrated by many uh, general of the Confederate Army. Before the Confederate, he was that general. He made um, millions of dollars off the slave of black, the sale of black bodies. He ran right behind me where I'm sitting in my commission office right now. Um, he ran one of the most uh, affluent slave markets in the South, right in downtown Memphis, Tennessee. Um, and at one point, even advertised that he had Frederick Douglass's daughter for sale to be a bedwinch to a good white man. This is the man that people go on to make a hero and say he was a good Southern gentleman and cared for his people and cared for Black people. After slavery ended and after he was in charge of the massacre at Fort Pillow, which killed almost 600 African-American Union soldiers, um, it was a massacre. It was not a, a strategic attack. He, they were shot in their head uh, just to prove a point that Black people should not be fighting in the Civil War. Um, he went on to be one of the first founders of a convict leasing farm, meaning the state of Tennessee uh, paid him to re-enslave Black men who were uh, arrested for acts of vagrancy, a.k.a. not having a job. Sit with that, 866 <laughs> because slavery ended. And then with the 13th Amendment, they added a butt clause, which I think they did that on purpose, right? They sat there and said, okay, but for incarceration. Then they created a system of laws for which primarily black people would be found guilty of. So to be yeah. found guilty of not having a job after being enslaved and then you're no longer enslaved and who's going to hire you and pay you for something that they got for free and loitering, not having a place to live. That was a crime. And right. oh, guess what? We incarcerate you and put you right back on the same back plantations to, to do the same work you were doing before. And now I don't have to treat you 
Well, because you're not my property and I could just rinse and repeat. Interesting. Okay. So that they put these names up, street names, school names, monuments, that too seemed to be on purpose. It is. It embeds them in our lexicon. It embeds them in our our collective psyche. Um, And we don't even know when we're like, I'm a proud graduate of Forest High. I live on Lee Road. You know, you don't think twice about who that person is. And so then when there is resistance, people want to say, well, it's so tied to my history. I graduated from there. I lived on the street. I don't want to change it. Um, and so it's really tough to make these things stick. In addition to getting the statues removed, we were able to get Forest Street uh, renamed from Forest with two R's to one R. That's a very small block here in Memphis. And, um, you know, but those little things matter because as a free Black woman. (laughs) I should not have to drive down a street that I know was uh, named for someone who would have sold and bred my body. So that's the work um, primarily that you are focused on in addition to uh, the Legal Defense Fund for for George Floyd in in the Memphis branch of the NAACP. And and some would say, ah, this is not important. We are spending time and, you know, sometimes I, I vacillate because I'm like, is this the best use of our energy to take down monuments? Leave them up and let's put a plaque on it to tell people what this is. But you would tell me what, Tammy? The plaques are just as hard to get. Um, and think about the monuments you've visited and how often you've read the bottom, you know, the fine print. And, I, you know, I think that um, more visibly, if we think about education and youth, the youth of my city have learned more about who uh, Nathan Bedford Forrest was from the removal and the story will, and the history that'll be told about the removal than they ever would from a plaque sitting in the corner somewhere. Um, you know, and, and it's, not the, it's not the work completely, it's a portion of the work. Just like I fought against statues, I fight against policy every day as a county commissioner for equality for our people. Help us to understand, and we're talking with Tammy Sawyer. Um, she is, of course, you can follow her at T-A-M-I Sawyer on the Twitters. And hey, TammySawyer.com. You can go check her out, <laughs> her website. Um, I'm I'm constantly reminding us that, you know, there are people listening right now. There's something we can do besides flapping our gums. And there's something we can do besides being outraged. You, you decided to take your good government job and all of the trappings of D.C., and come back to to Memphis and roll up your sleeves and get busy in a different kind of way. I just posted a petition to take Jefferson holiday, you know, to, to let's move next year. We should not have a Jefferson Alabama holiday. There should not be a state holiday. Sign the damn petition. Even if you don't live there, how, how can we be effective? You know, you talk about policy. There's so much. Uh, If I'm sitting at home, like where do I put my attentions where I can be effective in the collective is where we're the most effective. So what what would you tell us, Tammy? I think collectively, you know, there's the, if you're talking about the renaming and, and reclaiming of Southern history to be inclusive of the plight of Black people, um, you know, there's a lot of organizations. Um, uh, there's the uh, museum in Alabama, the lynching sites project and uh 
uh, the lynching museum. Um, there's a lot of take them downs. I led take them down 901. There's a take them down NOLA. There's a take them down Jacksonville, take them down Dallas. You can probably find a Confederate statue removal organization. Just look for the take them down and put your city or your, your area code in there. Um, but I think it does go back to, you know, the policy. I support the policy work of the movement for Black lives. I think that this is an inclusive part of that. Um, and it even goes as far as, you know, I'll throw it out there, statehood for DC. Why don't we want statehood for DC? Because DC is chocolate city. Um, you know, it's not the people that you see on the Hill. It's, it's the people who built that city and are still there. Um, and so I think that we have to fight the structural inequalities and, and the, the policy as well. And so I would say um, people get tired of hearing it, but you've got to run for office, you've got to vote, and you've got to vote for people who are committed to uh, not just going in and, and making sure the status quo continues to thrive. It's, it's our time. It's about us. Tennessee is, uh, to me, central in so many ways. Historically, there's probably not a Black Wall Street without Tennessee and Robert Church and and those folk that funded, you know, uh, and there's so much that comes through that Bill Street. And what's the biggest thing right now uh, needed, in your opinion, in your town? It's a shame that Robert Church, you know, for those who don't know, was one of the first black millionaires, um, you know, and a lot of the people who ended up in Greenwood, Mississippi on Black Wall, what we now call Black Wall Street, fled Memphis during a massacre that happened here first. Um, and now our city is 67% African-American and 40% of our children are born into poverty. So the biggest thing that's needed in Memphis is how do we reclaim our access to wealth? How do we reclaim our access to education? Um, we're, we have the highest disconnected youth rate in the country here in Memphis. Um, and again, it's because our schools have been resegregated and underfunded. And so, um, you know, getting our children opportunity, getting our children equitable education, making sure that they can walk into a school building and say, I feel seen, you know, I know somebody cares about what I'm going to learn today. Those are some of our biggest fights. We don't Discon- want them ending up in jail. How, how do you how do you quantify or qualify disconnected youth? You have the largest, the, the highest rate. What does that even mean? That is the rate of uh, youth between 16 and 24 who are neither working nor in school. So um, at one point, 50% of our youth, uh, almost 50% of our youth were considered disconnected. We're somewhere closer to um, about 40% now, but um, that rate is still one of the highest in the country and it's highest for our black and brown males. Uh, I appreciate that. I'm I'm writing all of this down because... At, I know you probably have a whiteboard with action plans on it. You, <laughs> no, I know. I already, I see you. I see you, uh, Tammy Sawyer, because that's, that's the kind of thing that keeps you up at night. You know, when you know a thing, you can't unknow it. And then you have to do something. You're responsible for that knowledge. Right. And if you live a right. place, everyone lives somewhere. You're responsible for those people. You are your brothers and sisters keepers. And the, and the more you hear that you're not, you got to know that that's the devil talking because that we are absolutely our, our keepers of, of one another. We should be. So everyone listening to my voice, you live somewhere. There's some things going on in your community right now that need fixing. Zone in on one thing. Pick one thing. Tammy's got 15 things on her whiteboard. <laughs> Not, and I love I love what you're doing. All right. So the man got arrested that was singing Dixie. Is He's out. Uh, you, he has not been arrested. He's been charged. So that was a lie? Uh, that, they said he, he was arrested. He not, 
He's not turned himself in. Oh. Um, he did a news interview today via Zoom, but oh, he has not been arrested. The warrant out for his arrest did not result in him actually getting arrested. So there's still, yo. No. All right. He so lives first... in Mississippi and, and Mississippi won't turn him over for this. So wow. unless he gets caught slipping across the state line. <laughs> So it's gonna be hard. Are you? Are you? Do you feel safe? Because um, I know you had a lot of threats and and things come your way. I feel safe right now, and there's been a lot of outpouring. Um, you know, especially from the Black community and fellow activists. So you know, so much love to my community. Um, you know, but I think eventually. I, I don't think that this is something that's gonna go away, especially while they're still digging up the grave. Um, so. So we'll see what happens, but right. well, we're going to, we're going to wrap our, our prayers around you, Tammy, cover you in the precious you. blood. We're going to keep you safe. <laughs> and I want to keep in touch with you because I think, you know, we got to do something about this disconnected youth number. Uh, and I have some Absolutely. ideas. Tammy Sawyer. Thank you for, for answering the call. Thank I appreciate you. you. I appreciate the work you're doing. Follow her T A M I Sawyer on the Twitters. And of course, Hey, Tammy Sawyer.com. 